it actually works. I usually have problems with this, so very grateful. It's good to be with you. Uh, I never usually do this when I travel, but um, I'm pretty excited at this season of my life. A couple weeks ago, I was teaching in um, Wisconsin, of all places, and um, my daughter went into labor with my first grandson. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to teach, and I'm getting text messages while she's pushing. She's pushing, and everyone, and I'm, I can't even focus on my notes, and everyone's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I just had my first grandson, so <laughs> thought I'd share that with you. Cohen Francis. So. Before I start, I usually don't ever do this. I want to make sure I uh, make you aware of what we do. Usually when I come in, I come in for uh, like four or five days and do some training. I actually will be here back tomorrow night, not in here, but in the chapel at 7 o'clock. Um, several years ago, I was actually invited to um, a training center to teach people on how to discover their destiny. And a lot of people actually don't um, know a lot about this. They kind of think, well... Now, what are you guys going to do? I'll tell you what we did. But it was kind of funny. This time it was really interesting because I had a couple there that sensed God calling them to do something, but they couldn't kind of put language to it. And why, why we spent eight hours working on this, can you imagine? And by the end of eight hours, they actually realized that God had called them to start a business and that both of them were to join in that business and actually it was the blessing of God on their life. And they'd actually been fighting with each other for like five months and not realizing this is what God was doing. You know, three years later, their business is just flourishing in Rochester, Minnesota. And they're always happy. Every time they see me, it's like, oh, we're just so grateful God helped us do this. Now, just so you know, tomorrow night we're going to be talking. A lot of people see this, but probably not had someone pointed out to them. There are three types of visions that are actually talked about in Scripture. There's the overarching vision that Jesus gives us in Matthew 28 where he says, now, go make disciples of all nations. Then you see in the book of Revelation, you see visions for churches. So communities come together. God wants to give them a vision to do something. And then you see vision for individuals like Jeremiah. God says, before you were even formed, I created you to be. And see, a lot of people are used to church vision or city vision, but they're not used to personal vision. Jesus has a personal vision for you. So our goal is to help you get through all that frustration, confusion, and actually give you the tools and the simple steps to discover what God actually created you to do and put you on the planet for. So if you'd like to know about that, please join us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in the chapel. And we'll, we'll help you discover that. It's a lot of fun. All right, with that, let's take our attention and, and pray for a minute. Father, we've come to talk about how awesome your kingdom is. We've come to understand you as King of kings and Lord of lords. And as we, in this time in history, give ourselves to your purpose, we ask that you would give us wisdom, insight, and grace to walk out the things you've called us to. Change our world from the inside out. I thank you for this time. Let your word go forth and accomplish what you have purposed in your heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. I'm going to talk about prayer this evening, and, and I'm going to do a specific topic on prayer. But before I go there, I just kind of want to tell you, um, Jesus, when Jesus talks about his kingdom and he begins to develop prayer, um, a lot of people see it as, well, 
here's my prayer life. But Jesus doesn't just say, well, prayer is devotional. He uses prayer as what we call a foundation in the kingdom. So if in my younger years, my dad used to actually work construction, and I would do it with him, and periodically he'd have me in the summertime form concrete. So I'm used to laying foundations in the natural. And if you've ever made concrete, if any of you ever had the opportunity, you have to actually put the right stuff in the concrete to lay a proper foundation. Too wet, it won't dry, it'll crack. Uh, too dry, it'll dry too quickly and crack. I mean, there's just too much dirt. Uh, I mean, just all this kind of stuff that goes into making concrete. Well, I believe that prayer, in fact, I'm going to give you six things. I believe the ingredients for the foundation of the kingdom are prayer, fasting, meditation, silence, solitude, and study. And it's not I do one and I exclude all the others. I actually have to learn from Jesus' heart why I have to understand and participate with his grace in each one of those. Then I have a solid foundation of the kingdom in my life to where when Jesus says, now go do this over there, I not only know it's him leading me there, but I have strength within my soul to obey God when he sends me there. So again, prayer is part of the foundation of the kingdom. The foundation is prayer, fasting, meditation, silence, solitude, and study. We're focusing specifically on prayer because, you guys, uh, one of the main themes in Scripture is prayer. Prayer is, it it's, uh, has so many functions in the Christian experience. It's not only how to connect with God, it's how to rule and reign with God. So there's a part of where I learn how to receive from God. There's a part where I learn how to proclaim for God. And God does it all through a relationship. And the word that's used is prayer. Now, I've been training on prayer for more than 20 years. And when God entered, it's funny, the first, uh, when I first came to the Lord, literally, I know the Lord for less than a month, and I'm already in Bible college. That's how fast God does some things in our lives. And uh, the students I was going to Bible college with are walking up to me and handing me books, saying, the Lord told me to have you read this. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting. They were all books on prayer. So outside of doing my classwork, I'm reading all these people's lives in prayer, and God is just affecting me with it. And, and I saw something that I wouldn't have seen if I wouldn't have read these stories and understood these, that history both your personal history and my history, and nations are affected by the prayers of the saints. In fact, I'd like to say this. This tragedy that we just had a few days ago, uh, a congressman actually stood up, the, the husband of a, a lady that was shot, and he said, now, I know you guys are praying and that kind of stuff, but that's not, that doesn't work. You have to also take actions. And I thought, now, I understand what he's saying, but that statement is not right. Prayers change nations. And so let's make sure as we come to this subject tonight, as I'm going to develop the subject I'm going to talk to you about, don't be confused by the culture. The culture doesn't understand how God rules and reigns through his people through prayer, but we're to understand it. Okay? Now, the part that I want to talk to you about might be actually something you've never heard of, and I've really not heard a lot of people talk about it, but we're going to talk about how God actually gives you what we call a generational prayer to pray for your family. A generational prayer to pray for your family. Now, if you study prayer, if you ever give yourself to the process of prayer, you find out that 
every culture looks at prayer based on their worldview. Now, our worldview is how we all grow up and we have what we would call values of how we see things. In Western Christianity, we're very much about the individual, but we do not understand the concept of family and community. And so when we read about prayer, we're trying to figure out how do I grow strong in prayer without realizing that a lot of prayer that is being discussed with us is about God touching and transforming my life so that it will bless my family. And not only does it bless my family, God actually talks to certain people in families to pray a certain way that it will go beyond their third and fourth generation, the blessing that God is talking to them about. And since people don't see this, they try to spend their life just trying to get as much of God's kingdom in their own personal life, and they don't realize that God is using them, as I can say in the right way, God's making them a door of blessing that will go from them into their generations if they recognize it. Now, how God got my attention about this is when I still lived here in Colorado, I used to listen to this obscure program on Christian radio. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Focus on the Family not very well known, not very many people listen to it. So I'm listening to Focus on the Family. Dr. Dobson is talking about one day, he's, he's not talking about how to raise kids, he's talking about his grandfather praying for him. And he says that uh, there was this statement that went on in his family where their great-grandfather actually used to be a farmer in Kansas, and he's out doing his fields one day, and he's trying to make a covenant with God about blessing his family. And that's what we're going to discover tonight. And so God comes and makes a covenant with him. And he says, if you will be faithful to me and you will lead your children in my ways, I will call member after member of men and women in your family into full-time ministry to the fourth generation. And Dr. Dobson was telling his story where him and his cousins used to look at each other and go, it's you. And the other one would say, no, it's you. Because you know how teenagers respond to this kind of stuff. And yet when he said that, something got my heart and intrigued me about something. Does the blessing that God is pouring on my life right now through prayer, does he want it to go beyond me? Does he want me to stop looking at myself and see it fall on my wife and my children? And have such a profound effect on my family that it goes into my extended family while I'm on this planet and actually goes into my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and my great-great-great-grandchildren. That's the heart of the Lord. So the first concept that I want to introduce to you tonight is not a model of prayer, but the idea of God being a God of covenant, and that is what prayer is based on. God is a God of covenant. So... Would you guys look with me at Genesis chapter 9, verse 9 tonight, and let's look at this idea and understand that God wants to come to you individually right now and give you a promise for your life and for your family's life and for your children's life to encourage and give hope back to you. Genesis chapter 9, verse 9, it tells us this. Now behold, I myself will... Uh, I myself will establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And so here we have just a simple statement that a covenant is family-oriented. Now, what, I, what I'm intentionally trying to do is I'm trying to help you come into a biblical worldview just for a moment and step out of the culture 
to realize something. I talked to both men and women that are praying for their spouse and going, now, is God ever going to do something? Or praying for a teenager and going, is God ever going to do something in this situation? God is telling you by how he deals with people through the scripture and how he's going to talk to us, God doesn't just meet you and say, well, I'm not going to deal with them. God makes covenants with families. And so if you're the first one to know the Lord, he's using you as the catalyst. You become the person that gives your life in prayer to become the blessing. In fact, I find this fascinating. Some of us struggle for years in prayer going, would you give me a breakthrough with my spouse or with my children and realize that God has given you a call to be the one that will lay a foundation for breakthrough for your family. And so it's worth it to give this time to this. God makes a covenant with us about it. And this is very important. Because of the culture, covenant has lost its impact. So let's redefine it just for a moment when we talk about your family and God doing things in your family. First thing is this. Because God is a covenant God, it's based on his nature, not your performance. Now what's good about that is when God comes and says, I want to do this for your family, he's saying it's what I want to do for your family. Not what I expect you to do. And God covenant is based on God describing the terms of what he wants to do and you saying yes to it. Now, we do this, uh, we kind of do this in the natural when we go buy things. They, they write out the terms of something and then you sign it. Now, do you realize they're telling you this is our part and this is what you, we expect from you and if you come into agreement with it, we're going to give you this thing. Well, that's kind of what God does. God comes to you and he says, now, here's what I want to do with you. Here's how we're going to walk with each other. And if you say yes to this, I'm going to do this for you. And he's basing it on something that's very important, that God does not change and God does not lie to people. When he makes a covenant, he's saying, I'm going to make a covenant, and it's going to be established by my nature, not by how you see yourself or the season you go through or even how you feel as you go through the process, which... I don't know about you guys, but I'm always looking for things in the kingdom. Where can I lay a strong anchor here and establish my soul so that I can trust God? So God is a covenant-making God. So God chooses to establish a covenant with you about your family. Uh, and God does this by revealing himself to, this, to us. So... Because God is a covenant-working God, God comes and gives us different types of covenants. And I'm not going to spend all night covering them. I'm going to be specific on the one that we're looking at. So a covenant is called a binding agreement with God. God is binding himself to the things that he says to you. Now, this is important. Promises come by God showing you something that he wants to do to you. So God will either show it to you in scripture, he will speak it to you, or he'll have someone give you a word, and all of this is God speaking. Now, a lot of times, because we don't understand this is how God does it, we kind of say, well, I'll wait until God says that to me 30 or 40 times, and then I'll believe it's God. Now, I understand the process of testing and weighing, and we're supposed to do that as believers, 
But as we come into Christians that understand covenant, when God is speaking, God is not talking to entertain. God is talking and bringing us into something that he wants to do to bless us. And he wants us to understand that. So a covenant is a binding agreement that God makes with you and I. And he does this based on the context of a family. And so, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 2, and let's look at this scripture together. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 2. Now, if you know anything about covenants, what's really funny is the covenant in the Old Testament was based on the law. And you know, uh, it's funny, God kept his part, but what we see in the Old Testament is when man had to be obedient to the Lord because of the nature of sin, man wasn't able to do it. And so God comes in Jeremiah and says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a new covenant with them. I'm going to write the laws on their hearts and on their minds so that they'll obey me, so that I can do the things I want to do in their life. And so we're actually in a better covenant, and it tells us this in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22. So much more also Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. So remember, it was by performance in the Old Testament that God fulfilled what he was going to do. Now it's by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is saying, because it was based on what you did, you weren't able to be perfect. And so that I made my son die for you, now I'm basing on a different standard. I'm going to write my laws on your heart. Now you're going to long to do the things that I want you to do. I'm going to justify you by faith. And I'm going to establish my covenant by what my son has done, not by your performance. Which, as we start working through this, hopefully you can see this as I do. If it's not based on how well I, if I'm not perfect, but it's based on my heart wanting to walk with the Lord, that means that I can actually have an assurance come to me when it comes to my family. Listen to this in Deuteronomy 20, 28, verse 3. I'm going to read you how God describes how you should expect God to be working in your life. And I don't know if you guys are like I am. A lot of times we say, no, you need to pray. And we go, well, what am I supposed to pray? Well, the good thing is, is God actually comes to you and he says, now, this is what a life walking with me is supposed to look like. So if your life isn't lined up in one of those areas, you're not supposed to believe that I'm lacking. You're supposed to realize you've not possessed your inheritance in that relationship. Ask me for it. So now listen to how God talks about you and your family. Listen to how he wants your life to actually be in his kingdom. You'll be blessed in the city and in the country. The fruit of your room will be blessed. Now, I'm going to stop and just make commentaries. Your children are supposed to be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herd and the lambs of your flock, your basket and the kneading, those should be blessed. Everything that you put your hand to should have the blessing of the Lord upon it. If that is not happening, God wants you to come back and go, this is the covenant you have made with me, Lord. Give me back the covenant. The next one is this. You'll be blessed when you come in, and you'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord wants to, God will grant that the enemies that rise up against you will be defeated before you. Um, again, now most of us aren't going to war tomorrow, right? But you do have enemies that you're facing. 
How many of you have some enemy and you think there's no way I'm going to overcome that and I don't think the Lord's going to deliver me of this? This is what God wants you to understand. This is a covenant that he's made with you. This is how your life should be. Now, are you guys like I am? I, I never knew this in Christianity, so I just figured, well, Jesus just wanted to save me so that I'd get ready to go to heaven. And if anything good goes, I'm pretty happy for a week, but I shouldn't expect an abundance of a lifestyle. And yet, I don't even know if I'd call this abundance. I'd just call this normal. This is what God wants his people to be blessed with. So let's look at a few more, and then we'll just wrap it up here. When your enemies come, they will come in one direction. They'll flee in seven. The Lord will bless your barns and everything you put your hands to. The Lord will bless you and the land that he has given you, and the Lord will establish you as holy people. As he has promised you an oath, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his way, then all the people of the earth will see what God has done for you, and they will fear you and call you blessed. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity, the fruit of your womb, the, the livestock and the crops of the ground, and the land that he swore to give your forefathers. So what he's doing is he's saying, now here's how my covenant works. Take every area of your life that is to be blessed. That is the covenant that I want to make with you. Now, I'm just trying to give you a foundation here. Let's get like nitty-gritty and say, how does this actually work when it comes to my family? Now, here's a general promise that has been made literally 4,000 years ago. How do I incorporate that into my life right now for my spouse, for my children, and for my generations? I think it came from the story I just gave you about Dr. Dobson's grandfather. The Lord encountered him, and I think you ought to do this if you haven't done it. I do this now all the time. I ask the Lord for promises for my children at whatever age they're at, and I realize that whatever God is speaking to me, God is promising me that in their life. And I'm to pray until that thing gets established. And so I just had a grandson. Uh, don't come to my house. I do kind of odd things. I took my grandson out my backyard and I presented him before the Lord and said, now what do you have for this grandchild? And I started hearing God's blessing over him. Now, I didn't, you guys ready? I didn't lift him up like this. I could have. I've done that with my other kids. But I just took him and I looked at him and I came into agreement with it. And I said, all right, I will give myself to this until this happens in his life. Now, this is also called a warfare, but it's also called a promise. Now, most of us watch what's going on in our family and we think, now, what is God going to do about that? God wants to come to you and give you a covenant and a crisis situation to know that no matter what's going on right now, God has got his hand over them and that he will lead them the rest of their lives. In fact, I believe that as you get on with your children, when you, your children get married, you should be asking God for promises for their individual family. Um, I just married my youngest daughter over the summer. It's been an eventful year, to say the least. I married my youngest daughter, and when I'm performing the ceremony with her and her husband, I'm asking God for a, I'm not just praying some kind of pat prayer. I'm standing before the Lord and going, now, what is your promise for their marriage? And I'm asking God to give it to me. I'm proclaiming it to him, and I'm praying for him at the same time. 
In fact, my wife and I, uh, before we go to bed, we actually pray for our family every night, and we talk about, now, what promises have God given us for that child? Do we see it coming forward? Should we be praying more intensely for it? How does God want us to do this? Now, if you, a lot of people never even heard of this. If you've never heard of this, I want you to consider this tonight. God has a blessing for your spouse and for your children. He wants you to discover it, and he wants you to agree with him on this planet for that to come forth in their life. Now, I'm, I'm taking you back to the statement I made earlier. God shapes history by your prayer. So the first place you learn to form and change history is through your family first. Then you go to churches. Then you go to nations. See, I think the family is interesting because you get to watch your prayers being answered and you get to observe how prayer takes place. You know, when, when you and I are praying for Iran right now, it's really hard to see how God's moving there because we're not on the ground observing it, right? But when you're praying for your children, you can watch it. In fact, I'm going to just take a moment. I usually don't do this, but I'm going to just take a moment and just talk about a season in my life um, with my son. Uh, any of you ever had a teenager? <laughs> I, I think that your prayer life is formed as kids are growing up. Uh, I learned more about prayer and desperation and all that stuff by just having teenagers. And my son um, went into a, an intense season of rebellion when he was 17. And he started doing all kinds of stuff. And it was just a lot of fun being around him during that season. And what it did is it made me angry. And I remember the Lord... Um, talking to me about it one time and said, instead of getting angry, why don't you ask me what I want to do in this situation? Which, you know, the very simple thing is God said, they're very powerful and profound. So I said, all right, well, what do you want me to do? The first thing the Lord told me to do is he told me, during this season, I want you to encourage Josh and stop being angry at him. So I had to actually come into agreement with God about that. By the way, just so you guys understand, Josh was wrecking cars and doing stuff like that. So he was like wiping me out financially as he was going through this season. And so it wasn't a lot of fun. So when God told me that, he was giving me direction. Now remember, my part was to obey the Lord. It was God's part to come in and change my son's life. So to give you an example, my son took his car, the car that I bought for the teenager, he took it out and he wrecked it. Uh, I think it was like $1,400. And I'm like, Josh. Man, and I, was, I just wanted to let him have it, and I'm praying before I went in there, and the Lord said, that's not what I told you to do. I want you to model unconditional love to him. I want you to go in there and tell him, Josh, I forgive you of this. This will never be brought up again. Now, do you think that brought great joy to me? I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so, and God struggled with me, and finally I realized, okay, this is about something greater than me just being frustrated. This is about my son's life being changed. So, okay, Lord, I'll do this. So I go in. Josh is ready for me to let, let him have it. And I'm like, Josh, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. Son, I'm not going to ask you to pay for this. I don't hold this against you. I love you, and this will be never brought up again. He actually just looked at me like, what was that? <laughs> he said, well, why? why? Why are you not making me pay for this? And I said, well, Josh, I think God's trying to show you something here about what he's like. Okay, so that gets done. I'm praying for Josh. 
Now, I told you, you learn how your prayer works by praying for people and watching their life. This is how you can pray for nations. He started getting worse instead of better. Did any of you ever prayed for your children and it's gotten worse instead of better? And, and I'm like, why is that happening? And the Lord showed me a key that I'd never seen. Thanks, Jared. Never, never um, seen before. When the enemy is losing ground, he attacks more fiercely. So he, when you're actually changing a person's life and God is doing something, to, a lot of people think, well, they should break free. Actually, when they get more entrenched in something, it actually shows that two kingdoms are warring over an individual's soul, and that should encourage you. Now, this actually comes out of Gideon. The Lord showed him the strategy of the enemy, and when God shows you the strategy of people getting entrenched in something and you've been praying for him, it shows there's a spiritual struggle going on and you're getting a breakthrough. That's why it's so intense. And so after I saw that, I just kept praying. My wife came in and I came into a season of fasting. We were just doing all this behind the scenes, trying to lay down a covenant for my son. Now let's finish this, okay? So I'm in Kansas City. I'm doing a sermon at a church on God being a father. My, my children have heard me do this stuff. And so they're just listening in the background. And I'm coming up to pray for people. I, I think we had some words of knowledge. And I was praying for some people that were sick. I was doing that. My son comes up and he says, hey, Dad, uh, I actually want prayer for something. And I said, um, okay, do you want me to pray for you? And he said, no, I think I'll just go over here. And have someone else in the church pray for me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just stay here and keep praying for people. So I'm praying for maybe five or ten people. I get done, and um, the church is starting, people are starting to leave. And I'm looking for my wife and my daughters and my son. And my wife and daughters are in the audience, but I can't find my son anywhere. And I notice there's a pair of shoes pointing up like someone had fallen down. And it didn't connect to me at all. I wonder if that was Josh because I'd forgotten about him. So I, I'm still trying to find my wife. Another person comes up. I pray for him. Finally, my wife gets my attention, and she points over where the shoes are at. And, I, and I'm looking. And so I walk over there, and I realize it's my son. He's on the ground. Now, even though I hang out with charismatic people and stuff like that, my kids have been around this since they were little kids. They don't fake anything. So for my son to actually fall on the ground, that had to have been the Lord. And so here he's laying on the ground, and he's actually shaking violently. And I'm trying to talk to him. Josh, are you okay? And he said, Dad, don't, don't talk to me. The Lord's talking to me. I'm like, okay. And so I, I grab my Bible and I go sit down in the audience with my, well, the service is over. So we're 30, 45 minutes into it. My son's still laying up there on this, and people are now leaving. And so he has less and less people praying for him. And now no one's praying for him. He's still laying on the ground shaking. Finally, the janitor comes up to me and says, uh, Brian, I actually want to go home and eat. Could you pick your son up and leave? So my wife and I and my daughters, we pick up my son. And I mean literally had to pick him up. And he's still shaking. And we're trying to talk to him. Josh, what's going on? He goes, don't talk to me. I'm trying to listen to the Lord. So we just throw him in the back seat of the car. <laughs> and we drive home. We said, no, do you want to eat lunch? And he goes, no, I don't want anyone bothering me. I, I'm, God is talking to me. I want to go to my bedroom. And we're like, okay. So he goes off to his bedroom. My wife and I are going, well, what do you think's going on? I don't know. I remember we've been praying, going through rebellion. God has been giving us promises. We've been proclaiming them. My son stays in his bedroom for 48 hours. Doesn't come out. Finally, I knock on the door because he eats every two hours. 
I thought, he must have died or something. So I, I knock on the door. Hey, Josh, are you okay? He goes, yeah, I'll be out in a minute. He comes out. He goes, hey, Dad, um, could you point me to, like, your theology, your systematic theology books and some uh, church history books and some stuff on revival? And I said, well, yeah, why? And he said, well, because I felt like God told me something. And I said, well, okay. So I can't take him down to my library. I said, here's all my systematic theology, and there's my stuff on revival. And he just grabs a couple books, and he goes, okay, I'll see you later. And I'm like, well, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going back to my bedroom. So he takes off, goes back to his bedroom again. Now, this, this really happened. 48 hours later, he comes out. Where and I, I'm sure he's <laughs> lost some weight by this time. I'm talking to him. Josh, what's going on? He goes, Dad, I don't understand it. He said, I, I feel like I've known Jesus. He said, Jesus came to me and, and started telling me why he created me. And then he started filling my heart with fire. And he said, I just didn't want to leave it until God was done. Now, I don't. I knew who Josh was until he went in that bedroom. When he came out, I don't know who he is anymore. I mean, I am serious. Um, if, you, if you guys ever get a chance to meet my son, you'll know what I'm talking about. He does this without me even saying anything to him. He takes his friend. He's still doing this right now. I just left. He just did this last night. He takes his girlfriend or his friends, and he usually gets four or five guys, and they go down to the mall every night. And they practice prophetic evangelism, and they pray for the sick, uh, he gets people that don't even know the Lord. He heals them. He felt like God led him to youth areas specifically and pray in skateboard parks. He's not asking me if he could do this. He doesn't ask me if he's right. What do I think about it or anything else? God has, you guys ready? This is a promise that God gave me when he was a little child. God has come and fulfilled his covenant to me. And now my son's walking whole in the Lord. Now. I'm grateful for what God did, but I want to really help you realize this isn't just for my family. This is for your family. God has a specific promise for your spouses and for your children and for your great-grandchildren and for the generations. He wants you to begin to ask him for it specifically and then come into agreement with him on it. Would you guys be willing to do that with me this evening? Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Now, you might, not get, you might get it tonight, if God, but what you need to do intentionally is bring each person before the Lord and say, Lord, tell me a promise you have for my spouse. Tell me a promise for that child. Tell me a promise for that child. Whatever it is, ask God to intentionally give you a promise. That's a covenant word that he's given you. And ask him to give it to you so that you can come into agreement and begin to ask him to do that in their lives. Okay? Father, we ask that you come. Bring your presence and your power. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we present our families back to you. We present our spouse back to you. We present our children to you. Even our grandchildren, if we have them, or great-grandchildren. We present our families to you, and we realize that you've given to us them as a gift. Now, would you come and tell us your good intention for them? And, Lord, would you come, not just speak it to us, but would you lay a burden back on our hearts so that our families would be blessed by your kingdom?
stir us, Lord. Stir us with this. Keep this in front of us until we have this from you. And I command the blessing of the Lord upon you right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. I have a few words of knowledge I'm going to give real quick. If this applies to you, please, uh, you can stand wherever you're at, and let's go ahead and minister. So I'm going to start with uh, physical conditions and then move to other types of words. The Lord gave me that uh, first there's some people here with shoulder pain, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to progress. So if you have shoulder pain, would you stand up, please, the Lord, like to minister to you, shoulder pain. Then he showed me that some people not only have shoulder pains, they have pinched nerves like in their neck that literally go down their shoulders, and what it does is it creates a burning or a tingling sensation in their fingers. So if you have like a pinched nerve in your neck that causes this inflammation to go to cause a burning sensation in your fingers, would you stand? Lord, I'd like to minister to you. He was uh, showing me that there are some people here dealing with digestive problems, so specifically in the colon, so that when you eat, um, you're not digesting properly and it's causing a lot of pain in the lower part of your stomach. So that's the first part. Then he was showing me that there are specific problems with the colon, like Crohn's disease and those types of things. If you have those types of conditions, please stand. The Lord would like to minister to you. Uh, the next one was this, varicose veins. If you're dealing with uh, varicose veins, uh, guys, this is, I think it's, I, I know it's not fun to stand. But I just sit in, the, sit in the audience going, you really want me to call that one out? Varicose veins? But this is an issue. So if you're struggling with varicose veins, Please stand. The Lord's wanting to restore something back with your circulation. So if you have any circulatory problems, anything going on with your blood, the Lord is wanting to deal with that. So please stand. And for the people that are standing, sorry you're dealing with this, please put your hands out and receive the blessing of the Lord. All right, Holy Spirit, you've called him out. Bring your power and your presence to him right now. What the Lord has done on the cross, release the inheritance of wholeness back over them right now in the name of Jesus. And any alignment they have from their family, both mother and father's side, or anything that has caused this does not line up with your kingdom. I ask that you'd break the power of it right now in the name of Jesus. And that you'd release your healing virtue inside their bodies right now. I break the power of pain. I break the power of infirmity and disease. I command it to lift off of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's just wait a moment. Thank you, mighty one. I bless your name. More power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty one. Now, some of you are actually feeling the power of the Lord moving over the lower part of your back. That's the Lord starting to restore you. So, Lord, I just thank you for that. And I bless what you're doing. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, mighty one. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Okay. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing this with the Lord, so just stay with me as we do this. I felt like the Lord gave me a person's name, Stan, but his full name is Stanley. Is there a Stan or a Stanley here? And here's what he told me about this. Uh, 
it, they might not be here. If you know this person, we're going to pray for him. I felt like Lori was saying there was a gentleman named Stan. He goes by Stanley. I mean, his full name is Stanley. He owns a construction business. He's actually dealing with financial issues, and God was going to come and bring a breakthrough financially and give him wisdom on doing that. So if they're here, if you know this person, please come into agreement with me. Lord, we ask that you would step into this person's life, that you would come into this financial arena, and that you would break them free, and that you would give them wisdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Next person is a woman named Renee. Is there a woman here named Renee? Is that your middle name? Okay. You want to take it? Okay, go for it. Um, felt like the Lord was sharing this with me. Um, there's a, tell me if this, if you feel like this is you, but we'll see if this is you. I felt like the Lord was saying you're, you've been going through a season of feeling isolated and a sense of rejection coming towards you. And, and the Lord actually saw that. Do you believe that's you? The Lord actually saw that, and he wanted me to tell you this. Um, he's going to come, and you're going to have an overshadowing experience with the Lord where he's going to release you from that, and it's actually going to come into your family specifically, and you're going to find a sense of wholeness coming because of what the Lord's going to do for you. So can I pray for you about that? you mind putting out your hands? Holy Spirit, just bring your power right now, and I break the power of rejection and isolation. I command it to come off right now. In the name of Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that you would come into the family specifically and cause the spirit of adoption to just flood into this situation. I thank you for your goodness, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you. All right, I also had a woman named Tammy. Is there a woman named Tammy here this evening? Is that you? Do you mind standing, Tammy? I promise I will not try to embarrass you. Tammy, do you have a son? Felt like the Lord was showing me that you've been worried about something going on in his life and that the Lord wanted to address that specifically. And he told me this, your son has a leadership gift on his life. And God wants you to recognize that and begin to pray for him specifically so that he'll focus and grow into it. And a lot of stuff that is going on with him right now has to do with that leadership and him trying to understand that. Can we pray for him about that? Okay, so Father, we ask that you come to Tammy right now and the issue that's going on with the son, this leadership gift that's actually resting on his life, we ask that you would just cause it to be nurtured properly in the right way so that stress will come off Tammy's heart in the name of Jesus. And we ask that the blessing of the Lord would be on her and her son. And I thank you for your goodness, Lord. Now bless Tammy. I thank you for this serving gift that Tammy has and how she reaches out to people. And because of that, God uses you as a bridge builder. And because of your ability to reach out to people, not only have you moved the heart of the Lord, you're moving hearts of people because of your kindness. And God is going to use you to great effect to touch a lot of people because of the goodness that comes out of you. You do not have to be afraid of your future. God is going to watch over you and your household. And I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right. Guys, now receive the blessing of the Lord, okay? 
And Mike, I'm going to turn over to you if you need to say anything, but receive the blessing of the Lord, okay? Holy Spirit, come. Now, Lord, as we've talked about prayer, we, we've watched you come and do your kind things. As we go forward, would we know the immediacy of your presence? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face to you and shine on you. May the Lord turn his face to you and give you rest. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Ryan, thank you. So good. Just want to let you know, this guy, about a month ago, I think it was about a month ago, um, he released a prophetic word over this church. And uh, actually, let me just get it real quick. Just stay, stay there for a second. transcribed it because I, right before the, the uh, Todd White time that we had two weeks ago, um, I just said that the word that Brian gave is going to be released, and it was going to be released that night, and this was the word that he gave um, for the most part. I, I didn't, it wasn't word for word, but this is basically what it was, is there's an altar of the Lord being placed in your midst. And there are two effects of the altar and the grace of God that are going to be coming to you. The gift of repentance is going to be released to you as a group of people. And this altar represents the ability to break free from things. And not just the ability to let go of something, but the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ himself that will allow you to let go of things. And then he said the Lord is going to make himself known to you in such a way that you will be willing to be free from things. And then the second part of it was that as he was standing, he saw that he was standing like from the throne room of God, and he saw a grace coming to liberate the hearts, and there was a river flowing from the throne of God, and it's time for freedom and grace to be released in the midst of the of his people. And that was the that was the word that was that Brian gave a month ago, and two weeks ago with Todd White. Um, I one I read it to everyone who was here. And in the back, I, I read it to Todd and said, Todd, I believe this is what God's going to do tonight. And he was just like overwhelmed by it. And, uh, and that night, there was a release of, there was basically an altar of repentance that came over this entire place. And then the following Sunday, it happened again. And then last Thursday, I met with all the pastors and I felt like God said, release that word again. And that word was released to all the churches in this entire area. There was about maybe 15 pastors, of, uh, lead pastors of different churches there. And we prayed through that. And there's something that's happening. But I just want to say, I just thanks for Brian's obedience and just the things that he does as he, as he gives these prophetic words, as he does these things. It's not that he's trying to show how cool he is. It's just he's being obedient to the Holy Spirit and releasing what God's telling him to release. And I just want to encourage all of us that, that you never know when God shows you a word, when God gives you something, and there's, and it may be something that doesn't make sense, uh, but it's like in your heart, you just, you know that it's something from the Lord, and you want to test it. You want to test it with Scripture, 
um, you want to pray and just make, make sure your spirit is like, like in tune with this. And this, this is something, and, and scripture is a big one to make sure that scripture, and a lot of times, you know, you can tell, Brian, you can probably say this better, but, it, you know, it's usually something that's encouraging. It's not something that's condemning. Um, there's just, it's, it comes from the nature of God. And so if you understand God's nature, then you know the things that are from him. And then you also know the, the voice of the enemy. But, uh, but in that, I just want to encourage each one of us as children of God to be able to release what God is calling us to release in this season uh, through listening to his voice and then releasing it to other people. And it could just be encouraging words to other people, just like you saw Brian do here. Uh, and there's nothing special about Brian other than Brian just, he, you hear, and then you have to be obedient to it. So... I want to just encourage you, and I just felt like I was supposed to encourage you. And so thank you, Brian, for, <laughs> for what you've released. Can we just give him a hand? He's been an amazing blessing just to, to our church. Can we stand? Can we just do one final song here and just uh, just just praise him, uh, worship him here? We've got a few minutes, and, and then all the kids are going to be released, the youth and the kids. And, uh, but let's just worship and uh, and then have an awesome night. So. I'll just release you now, but let's stay in. If you would, just stay in, just worship in this song, and then, and then we'll be released. So let me just pray. Father, I just pray a blessing over each person here. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the word that was released through Brian tonight. And I thank you that we're going to see generations, Lord, impacted by this. Not just us. This isn't just for us. But there's a covenant that affects generations to come. It affects families. And, Lord, even as your body of Christ, as this body is a, is a family, Lord, I thank you for the kingdom family and the things that are, that are being spoken over this place and for us and for the generations that are to come in this area as well and for this church. And so we release that. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be for you, that we would pray into these things, that we would continue to press into the things that are on your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.